You're listening to the Grace Family Church Podcast. Notes for today's sermon are available by downloading the GFC Florida app. Well, hello, Grace Family Church. Oh, let's start that thing one more time. Hello, Grace Family Church. If you love Jesus, make some noise. Oh, good. Oh, good. Oh, good. I'm excited about this, jumping into this message here, and it's Father's Day. Don't get nervous as some of you are looking at me in a suit and going, we wearing suits now? Listen, I'm a father. I get to wear what I want. I got five children, and my my children told me, we like you in a suit, and I love suits, so I decided I'm going to put a suit on today, so deal with it. Well, we're going to be jumping here in a moment, but before I get started, I want to share something with you. I, first of all, I've been more vulnerable with you guys than I've been with anybody in my life, but um, I want to share two things with you. I have two books with me. A couple of years ago, uh, I penned some things that my father used to say, and I asked my siblings to join in and say, hey, what are some things that, that dad used to say that we can write down and that we can kind of put into a book and, and just remember what he said and refer to the book from time to time. So I wrote this book called Things My Father Used to Say. Some of it is funny. Some of it is wise. Some of it is just, we get it. Y'all might not get it. But some of the things my father would say, he would say things like, help ain't help if it don't help. Yeah, think about it. He, he would say things, he would say things like, I'll pick one in, uh, if you want better, do better if anybody has heard that. He would say things like, if you borrow something, make sure you give it back better than how they gave it to you. One of my favorites, actually two, one of my favorites, he would say, if you're going to pray, don't worry. But if you're going to worry, don't pray. And and one thing that he would say that stuck with me a long time, he would say, uh, you can do whatever you want to in your house, but as for me in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. The, the other book that I have is a journal from my mother. And she would write songs in here and poems in here. And in the back of the book, she actually writes her expectations for her home going, for her funeral. I've never read this to anyone. Never shared this with anyone. I only said some of the things that are in here to my wife just two days ago. So my mother writes, she's writing this to my father, and she says, I want my sons raised in a sanctified house and go to a church that teaches the word and sanctification. Please see to it that my boys are not mistreated, that they are not separated. Encourage them to do good. And in the margin of this journal, she writes, be strong and courageous. I don't know that she's writing that to my father or she's writing that for him to tell to us, but she writes that in the margin. And that leads us to what we're going to be speaking about today in the book of Joshua. I want to start by saying that God comes to Joshua and says, be strong 
and courageous. Let's read this together. Joshua 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 9. It says this, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan and all, you, all these people into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. Just as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. So be strong and courageous, for you shall call this people to inherit the land that I swore to your fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law of Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Have I not told you already? Are you not listening? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. My mother died when she was 31 years old. My father died when he was 46 years old. But the words that they said to us impacted our lives and shaped who we are. And I, and I think we can all admit that the words that our parents speak to us can have a significant impact on our lives. The, the words really can, can shape who we are. It sticks to our bones and helps to identify who we're going to be. Mother Teresa says it like this. She says, words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless. Now, while these words in the book of Joshua weren't written to us, I do believe that they were written for us. So I'm going to ask you to allow these words that God speaks to Joshua to speak to you today. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Say it with me. Be strong and courageous. Look at somebody next to you. Say, be strong and courageous. Three times in nine verses, God says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. It's almost an odd group of words to use for Joshua because Joshua is a warrior. Joshua likes to fight. He ain't scared of nobody. The first time that we hear about Joshua is in Exodus 17, and Joshua is the general who leads the fight against the Amalekites, so Joshua likes to fight. In Numbers 13, Moses sends 12 spies into the land of Canaan. 12 of them come back. Out of the 12, 10 of them say, we can't do it. 
Two of them, Joshua and his friend Caleb said, oh, yes, we can. Let's fight and let's go get what God said belongs to us. So Joshua is a warrior. He's ready to fight, yet God still says to him, be strong and courageous. This is not the first time that he hears these words. In Deuteronomy 31, when Moses is about to die, Moses gives his final address to the people. And he tells the people, you are about to cross over into the land that God has promised you. So you all need to be strong and courageous. Then he turns to Joshua in front of the people. He says, Joshua, look at me, eyeball to eyeball, pay attention. You're about to do something brand new. So I need you to be strong and courageous. Joshua hears it again in Joshua 1 and 18. It's not Moses saying to him. It's not God saying it to him. It's the people saying it to him. The people are reminding him. Remember, Joshua, we're about to do something different. So you need to be strong and courageous. I need you to be strong and courageous because I'm calling you to do something that you have not done before. And you need strength and courage. Why? Because it takes strength and courage to be successful. It takes strength and courage to, to get out of the wilderness of life and into the promise of your calling. It takes strength and courage to step out in faith and step out into the beautiful unknown. It takes strength and courage to be a parent. It takes strength and courage to be a single person and be holy. In a world that tells you to indulge, it takes strength and courage to wait. It takes some strength and courage to do what God calls you to do. Whenever God calls you, he's calling you to be different than everybody else. And it takes some strength and some courage. You need strength and courage because whenever strength and courage shows up, the enemies of strength and courage will show up, fear and doubt. Fear is there to distract you. Doubt is there to immobilize you. And you need strength and courage because strength and courage will feed your faith, it will drown your fear, and it will starve your doubt. Amen. Strength and courage. What is this strength? Strength, the definition of strength is this, the capacity to withstand or resist great force or pressure and advance. It's not enough that you are resolute, but you also need the ability to advance to be strong. When I was in high school, I remember being 12 years old, going into the ninth grade and going to the gym. And I was a skinny, wiry little 12-year-old boy. And I remember going into the locker room and all these guys were lifting weights and they were on the bench press. And if you've ever seen a locker room or been in a locker room, you know, there's all this, all this man sweat everywhere. And they're just being, oh, we can do it, yeah. Come on, you can do it, yeah. And I had never lifted weights before. But I saw all these other guys doing it, and they were on the bench press, and I'm like, I can do that. Because they were pumping me up. They was like, come on, black, you can do it. They called me Lil Black back then. But everybody was on the bench press and they're getting on the bench press and I'm thinking, I can get on the bench press too. Let me do this. I've never done it, but it looks easy. They're making it look easy. So you know if you've ever seen it, I get on the bench press, I lay down, I'm like, mm, let me shake my shoulders loose. Get ready, got a little, got a little chalk on my hands. I'm like, and they're pumping me up. They're like, yeah, you can do it. You can do it. And I'm like, yes, I can do it. Yes, I can do that. I'm like, yes, let's go. Now, I don't know how much weight is on this bar, 
but I lift the bar off and I'm like, oh, I'm a boss. I lift the bar off and I bring the bar down and I'm like, I can do this. Yes, I'm a boss, look at me. But then something happened between my will and my ability. The bar was stuck right here. And my mind said, hey, hey, uh, get this bar off your neck. But my body didn't have the ability to advance. So strength is not just being able to hold something, it's also being able to move forward. That is strength. Now strength and courage, while they are similar, they're not the same. Courage is the willingness to move forward in the face of fear and opposition. Courage is a little bit different. John Wayne says it like this, courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. Courage says, I may not understand it, but I trust the outcome. See, courage is, is produced by what it relies on. Courage is not an autonomous, self-generated virtue. Courage is always produced by faith. So God is calling Joshua to be strong and courageous. The translation of be strong is actually to be being. I know it doesn't sound right in English, but to be being. It means that what I'm calling you to be, you cannot be on your own. So you need me to be what I need you to be. Did y'all catch that? So he calls him to be strong and courageous. And he's not simply calling Joshua to be physically strong and courageous, but spiritually strong and courageous. God not only directed Joshua to be strong and courageous, but he also tells him how to do so. He reminds him, he says, strength and courage is found in God's promise. It's found in his promise. In verses three, it says, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses. Verse six, he says, so be strong and courageous for you shall call this people to inherit the land that I swore, that I promised to your fathers to give them. Strength and courage can be found in the confidence that God will always keep his promise. God is a God of keeping his promises. There are over 3,000 promises in scripture and God doesn't need to make a promise, but he gives us a promise so that we have something to look forward to. He wants to show you that he loves you enough to commit to you in an uncompromised way. In 2 Corinthians, Paul writes, for all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us. Paul reminds us that the promises of God are rock solid. If God says something, it will come to pass. You can count on it, you can believe it, you can bet on it because God is a God of his promises. In Isaiah 45, God promises to go before you. In Matthew 11, God promises to give you rest. In Philippians 4, 19, God promises to take care of all of your needs according to his riches and glory. In Matthew 7 and 7, God promises to answer all of your prayers. He doesn't promise that the answer will be what you want, but he promises that the answer will be what you need. 
In Romans 8 and 28, God promises to work all things out for his good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. In 1 John 1, God promises freedom from sin from those who confess their sin. In Romans 8 and 38, God promises that he, you will never, he, his love, because of his love, you'll never be separated from him. And in John 3 and 16, God promises everlasting life. God is a God of his promises. He keeps his promise. And if Joshua is to be strong and courageous, he must stand on the promise of the word of God. And if we are to accomplish what God calls us to do, we must as well stand on the promise of God and remember that God's promises are yes and amen. Strength and courage can be found in his promise. Strength and courage can also be found in his principles, in his word, in his teachings. Verse 7, it says, be careful to do according to the law of Moses. In verse 8, he says, don't let this book depart from your mouth. Be careful to do all that is written in it. If Joshua is to be strong and courageous, he must stay in the word. He said, don't let it depart from your mouth. Keep my word on your lips. You want to know why it's important to keep the word of God on your lips? Because you can't bless and curse at the same time. You can't cuss somebody out and praise the Lord at the same time. So he says, I need you to keep it on your lips. You can't say bad things about yourself and recite the word of God at the, I, at the same time. I need you to keep it on your mouth and I need you to do according to it. He says, I need you to meditate on it. I need you to meditate. I need you to focus. I need you to ponder. I need you to cogitate. I need this to stay inside of you. I, I love in, in the 1300s, a phrase that was made popular about meditation was the word chew the cud. If you've heard chew the cud, chew the cud is what animals do like cows and sheep. And, and chew the cud means to continue to chew what was previously digested. It means to chew it over and over again. Swallow it, then chew it, bring it up and chew it again. He says, I want you to ruminate over the word of God. I, I need this thing to be on your bones. I need you to meditate on it. Then he says, be careful that you actually do what is written in the word. So what you're saying, God, is it's not just enough that I know your word. I, I, I also have to do your word. Yes, Daryl, that's what it's saying. Because there's a lot of us who know the word of God. There's a lot of us who can quote scriptures because we've been to church or we've seen it on the side of a building or we've seen it on a bumper sticker on somebody's car and we can quote scriptures, but he says, mm -mm, it's not just simply about you knowing it. You also gotta do it. Say do it. Do it. You gotta do it too. He says, be careful that you actually do it. You need the word of God in your life. Why? Because it's the word of God that is a light unto your path and a lamp unto your feet. It is the word of God that is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It is the word of God. Knowing it will set you free because his word is the truth. In John 14, Jesus says, those who accept my commandments and obey them, are the ones who love me. 
Ooh, that just hurt somebody's soul, didn't it? In John 14 and 15, Jesus says this. Say Jesus said. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, do my word. If you love me, obey what I say. I'm not going to go there right now. He says, not only do you need to know the word and meditate on the word, he says, you also have to do the word. And then he says, then you will have success. Then you will be prosperous because you heard it, you repeated it, you meditated on it, and then you did it. Strength and courage is found in his promise, it's found in his principles, and it's found in his presence. Say presence. It's found in his presence. In verse five, he says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Can you imagine the comfort that Joshua has to feel to know that the same God that was with Moses is the same God that's going to be with him? Oh, you got to understand this thing. The same God that saved Moses as a baby from being killed is the same God that's going to be with Joshua. The same God that spoke to Moses in a burning bush. The same God that helped him fight the Amalekites. The same God that gave him the Ten Commandments. The same God that showered manna down from heaven. The same God that led by a cloud during the day and fire by night. The same God that let him part the Red Sea. That same God is going to be with Joe. Joshua, come on, Jesus. The same God that was with Moses is going to be with Joshua, and that same God is going to be with you. Same God. Same God. The same, the same God that walked on water, the same God that healed blinded eyes, that same God that told a lame man to get up and walk, the same God that healed people, saved souls, that same God is with you today. So you can have comfort knowing that in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. In the presence of God. In John 15 and 15, he says, with me, you can do all things. Without me, you can do nothing. Strength and courage is found in his presence. When God is with you, there is manifestation. There is enablement. Things you thought were not possible become possible. There's instruction, there's direction, there's wisdom. You will see things that you have not seen before. You will, you will have insight and innovation and the ability to maneuver and to adjust and to capitalize. Most people assume that being with God means smooth sailing. How often have we been through horrible situations and we go, God, where are you? What's up, God? Being in the presence of God doesn't mean that there's, there's going to be smooth sailing. Being in the presence of God means you won't drown. You won't drown. In the book of Mark, Jesus tells the disciples 
to meet me on the other side. He says, me, he says, y'all get in the boat, y'all go to the other side, and I'll meet you on the other side. Understand how significant this is. Jesus doesn't own a boat. Yet, he's telling his ride to leave. So the disciples get in the boat, and there's an incredible storm that happens while they're, while they're in the boat. They actually thought they were going to die. And in Mark, it says Jesus was walking on the water. <laughs> and he intended to pass them by. Ooh, think about this. Jesus sends you on the other side. He sees that there's water in the boat. He sees how scared you are. And the Bible says his intent was to be like, Y'all good. <laughs> Jesus was going to walk by. Why would it have been okay if Jesus did walk by? Because at the beginning of their conversation, Jesus said, meet me. Ooh, this takes faith. It takes faith to remember what he said. Because sometimes we get ourselves out into the middle of the ocean and, and we get scared and nervous because the waves are bigger than the boat. But Jesus said, meet me. Which means it doesn't matter how much water gets in the boat. He said, meet me. Which means Jesus already knows no matter how much water gets in the boat, I'm going to make it to the other side. Meet me. That's what being in the presence of God means. Years ago, it's been about 25 years now, 20 years ago, I, we were living in New York, living in New Jersey, and we were walking around New York. My youngest, my oldest son is probably like four or five years old, and our other son is walking in a stroller. So the, me, my wife, and our two kids are walking around, and, and we're on this wide street, and I'm holding my son's hand, and we're about to walk across the street. And I noticed just as we're about to walk across the street, my son Jordan pulls me back. And I can tell that he's scared because it's a, it's a large street and there's a lot of people. So he yanks me back and I look down at him. I said, hey, just hold my hand and look at my feet. So he holds my hand as tight as he can and we walk across the street. And we have other streets to walk across and, and eventually his his grip loosens up. He never lets go of my hand, but he has full confidence because daddy's with me. Yeah. There's a lot of people and there's some things that I don't understand, but, but my father has already told me that he won't let me go. Just watch my feet. Don't get distracted by all the things that are around you. Just watch my feet. I got you. I'm going to take care of you. Life will be filled with challenges, transitions, sorrows, and tough decisions, but we can have strength and courage because God says, I will be with you every step of the way. One more thing. So strength and courage is found in his promise, in his principles, and in his presence. Now, this one isn't in your notes, but I want to add that strength and courage is also found in your obedience. In verse 11, it says this. After Joshua has listened to God, 
Joshua now goes to the people and it says this, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Get your provisions ready. Because we're about to cross over in three days. We're about to do something that we haven't done before. So get your provisions ready. What God told Joshua would have been no good if Joshua did not obey what God told him to do. Get your provisions ready. I want to say that to you today. Whatever God is calling you to do, it's time to get your provisions ready. Some years ago, my wife and I, we, were, we, we believed that God was calling us to move. And this was a long time ago. We, we believed God was calling us to move, so we actually got boxes and started packing up. We had no idea where we were going or what was going to happen, but we knew that we were making a transition. And our friends would come over our house and be like, ooh, y'all moving? Yeah, where y'all going? We don't know. What you mean you don't know? We, we, we have no idea. We don't know when we're moving. We don't even know where we're going. Well, why y'all packing? Because God has told us to get your provisions ready. I, I, don't, I don't need to know all the end. All I need to do is listen to God. See, I trust, my, my courage is, relies on him. He is the object of my affection. He is the object of my courage. And, and God says, get your provisions ready. Get your provisions ready. This is the obedience. And the depth of your faith is displayed in the depth of your obedience. If I believe, get the provisions where. If I believe, get it together. If you believe, what would you do tomorrow if you knew that you could not fail? What book would you write? What business would you start? What relationship would you restore? What friend would you share the gospel message with if you knew you could not fail? You've heard the word of God. He says, I'm going to be with you wherever you go. In Matthew, he says, even to the end of the age. What would you do if you knew you could not fail and knowing that God would be with you every step of the way? I know it takes some strength and some courage to share the gospel. It takes strength and courage to disciple the nations. But you're not doing it on your own. Everything that God is requiring you to be, he says, all you have to do is lean into me and I'm going to be that inside of you. We have the benefit that God is not just with us, but he is also in us. So be bold enough to follow his leadership. God is encouraging you to step out and it never, it never ceases to amaze me what God will do in our lives when we choose to be strong and courageous. So what will you do now? I believe a lot of you, many of you that are listening on every campus, people who are listening online, there are a lot of us that need to make a decision about what to do now. Some of us are suffering from, you don't suffer from ideas. You don't suffer from innovation. You don't even suffer from hearing what God is saying. We suffer from fear, doubt, procrastination, and disobedience, amen. 
Oh, amen. Oh, say it like you mean it. You know it. I bet you right now, years, years, many years ago, we were living in Jersey, and my wife and I, we wrote this book. And we kind of procrastinated on this book. And we kept saying, we're going to do this, and we're going to, yeah, people are going to love this book. This is going to be great. And we procrastinated, and we waited, and we waited. We had an outline of the book and everything, but we never moved forward. And then years later, we walk into the Christian bookstore. Guess what they got? My book. Somebody else then wrote the book that God told me to write. And it's sitting in the store, and they got a whole rack of them. And I'm just standing there like, well, yippity-doo. Be strong and courageous. Everything in life right now is telling you to be afraid. And God is saying to be strong and courageous. It takes strength and courage to step away from culture, from the voices in your head, and from the noise of social media. But God is calling us all to be strong and courageous. And in the same way that my mother and my father's words have shaped me, I want the words of God to shape us. We should leave this place ready to conquer every challenge, ready to walk out of our wilderness into the Canaan that God has promised us because God promises that he will be with us every step of the way. So I'm gonna ask you to do this. For all of you that know, yep, I got some stuff that I need to be strong and courageous. I, I just want you to raise your hand. That, that's me. I got some things that I need. I need to use the strength and courage of God. No, keep them raised. Oh, keep them raised. Don't put them down. Keep them raised. Look around, look around. Every campus, look around. Look at all the people. The reason that we have our hands raised and I'm having you look around because we gonna hold each other accountable. <laughs> you know, remember you raised your hand at church? On, uh, yeah, yeah. We gonna hold each other accountable because we got some things. Now keep those hands raised. Now there are also some people that need to make a decision about eternity. You haven't made a decision about God and what happens after you leave this world. Lift your hands too. And we're gonna say this prayer together. Are y'all ready? I'm gonna hand this over to the CPs in a moment. And we're gonna say this prayer together. All of you, just put your hands down. Say, God, I choose you over everything. God, I choose you over everything. One more time. God, I choose you over myself my desires, my issues, my hangups, over everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Now give God some praise. Thank you for listening to the Grace Family Church podcast. For more info, check out gfcflorida.com or connect with us by texting the word CONNECT to 81313. We look forward to meeting you at one of our locations soon.